Hey guys, this is Wildcat Chris Harris, TNA original and one half of six-time TNA World Tag Team Champions, America's Most Wanted. You are listening to the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. TNA Wrestling, Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 141 of the TNA Cross the Line podcast. I am Bob Conley Jr. And with me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. Dallas, I don't know about you, but I am full of turkey. I'm still exhausted from all the turkey, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, corn, stuffing, all that good stuff. Because we're coming off of Thanksgiving. And boy, are we thankful to be doing this podcast. Thankful for everybody listening. And just thankful for TNA in general. Wow, dude. Did you did you did I write that for you? You did. There was a couple of spelling errors, but I fixed it. That, <laughs> hey man, I can edit now on Twitter, baby. Yeah, uh, you get <laughs> if, if I actually catch them, then they'll be edited and you'll see this post has been edited last. And it'll be like six hours after it was already out. And it, and it won't even matter anymore. Because guess what? Even when I make typos, we still get retweets. It don't matter. <laughs> well, your typos are usually just other words so it's not like a misspelled word it's just not the right word or well it's because the autocorrect it'll like switch right. it yeah. so it's like you'll type with with an o instead and it'll change it completely to like both right and it's, it's like ah shit yeah. uh hey i'm trying to get better but you know listen when i'm doing some of this stuff at like midnight some nights it's just it's bound to happen although i'll, I'll tell you what bob it's been a hell of a lot easier with impact <laughs> rather than doing pay-per-view and uh, impact like the weeklies yeah, so um and uh actually i mean it's it's who knows if we're gonna keep seeing typos right now twitter's still up as of this recording who knows it's gonna happen man i'm just saying I saw I, that, anything uh, is possible i saw that he that elon said that it was gonna it's like near bankruptcy listen guys if twitter happens to fall down you make sure you find us on Facebook at TNA Cross Line Podcast. Just saying. We are still on social media. <laughs> I'm just confused as to how you can spend $44 billion on something and then it goes bankrupt within a month. It's pretty cool, isn't it? That's just weird. Like, that's bad investments. Like, what do we do? $44 billion? It's <laughs> like, that. Ah, oh, well. I don't know, man. It's uh, It's been entertaining, to say the least. Uh, yeah. But not not nearly as entertaining as uh, TNA Impact has been uh, entertaining us for uh, now. This is what the the twenty sixth episode. Yeah, half a year for Impact. Twenty six episodes. Uh, we got a couple TV specials in there. Um, we we had our first epic pay per view, and Bob in just two weeks. Two weeks. We're at our second. I know, turning point, right around the corner. It's freaking crazy, man. December 5th, I believe, is the, uh, yeah, the yeah. date for that. It's freaking crazy. Yeah, uh, turning point, we have, we obviously know a few matches um, scheduled, which would be um, the Six Eyes of Steel cage match between America's Most Wanted and Triple X. Right, which they announced at Victory Road. 
Correct. And there has been some promotion uh, on Impact. Like, guys, you know, they got thrown into the cage by uh, Kings of Wrestling, I believe, uh, leading to a brawl. Yeah, yeah. Two teams. Uh, X-Division champion Petey Williams will be defending against Chris Sabin. That was mostly a whole thing where it's like, I know the counter for the Destroyer. And then Sabin has now countered it at least twice on television. Which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, Originally, I was kind of against doing that because, you know, the sell, you you want to sell the people, could he do it? But I guess doing it on television would then give the viewer the the confidence that he, in fact, can do it. Which, Which, if you're a wrestling fan, to me, that just screams, he's going to lose. Yeah, I mean, if you show them doing that, but but you never know. I mean, you never. Know. But like, that's just that's just where I'm getting going for that. Yeah, uh, Diamond Dallas Page, bang, the three time, three time, three time WWE World Champion. He recently uh, debuted. I believe it was the Impact after Victory Road that uh, he arrived, and he has yes. made it clear that he is coming after Raven because he cost Raven a match against Monty Brown on Impact. Uh, and that is likely, I believe the challenge was set for Turning Point, and it, it's going to happen at, at Turning Point. I believe Raven has accepted that. Yeah, I, I feel like they accepted that in the last episode. Yeah, I um, think he was like, DDP's like going to die. So, yeah, and it was a whole thing. Um, and then the, I mean, really the main event, the, probably the main draw here is the Kings of Wrestling, Jeff Jarrett the NWA world champion, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are going to be competing in a six man tag match against AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy. And Dallas is shaking his head. No. I just, it's just can't believe it. And Randy Savage, uh, like, Randy Savage. I never even realized that he appeared on impact. Yeah, dude, it's pretty, uh, he, he, it was our, the last episode, I believe. Right. Yeah. Because the first one, it was like, he's not with the company. And Jarrett was like, we left him bloodied in the park. Bloody in the park. And all of a sudden, he's back. And Bob, we're going to talk, I believe, over the, this episode and our next week's episode, we are going to talk um, a lot about Randy Savage. I think we have some interesting notes um, going But there's a lot. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on. So we, we will get there. But yeah, dude, that's pretty, already, turning point, sounds pretty freaking good to me. It's a pretty solid looking card. Uh, also going on uh, in TNA on the shows here is Michael Shane is going through an ident- identity crisis. Uh, one week he is Michael Shane. Three days later, he's Matt Bentley. And he's back to being Michael Shane. So right now, he is still being addressed as Michael Shane, despite having said, I'm Matt Bentley. And by him, I mean the announcers. Okay, you know, know what I'm really curious about? Matt so he was Matt Bentley on the pay-per-view, Victory Road. Right. He's been uh, Michael Shane, uh, our best damn wrestling event period specials, and now Impact. On Turning Point, is he going to be Matt Bentley again? Is it a pay-per-view gimmick? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's very, it's very interesting question. Really interesting. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll we'll find out. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll figure that out. Yeah. Uh, this week here on Impact, I don't believe we really know anything. No, and I think that's kind of the trend. I feel like we don't really 
usually no. They were show, they were telling us stuff during the weekly pay-per-views, but you don't really, I mean, there's not a reason for them to try to get your you to like watch from a different show. So it's just kind of like, oh, we saw Randy Savage. You should probably watch next week. Right. And now remember, but if you if you remember correctly, uh we went from like 400 people in the uh Impact Zone to 850. Uh, and that's probably because of the talk of, hey, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and, like, you know, Diamond Dallas Page, and everyone's here, and you can go see him for free. So uh, it seems to be working. Well, and I also, I'm sure that uh, having the show be a pay-per-view certainly helped as well. Right. But, uh, but also, Impact last week was, like, sold out. Impact was that much, too? Yeah, last week, Impact was 850. Oh, I thought it was just for Victory Road. No, dude. It was like last week. So that's oh, like we're things are gonna start to pick up here. I think I think we're about to get into that upswing that we've been kind of talking about for a while where I think we're gonna we're gonna explode soon. Well, when you I mean when you bring in such recognizable names, um I think at some point you would hope that that would happen. Right. So um well, Bob, let's uh, let's mention the card from last week, and we'll go go through that quick, and then we have some notes from last week, some follow up, and then I got some other stuff going on, and I feel like these next two episodes are gonna feel a little bit heavier than normal, and I will tell you why. That is because because Turning Point is upon us. Uh, there's there's an observer that comes out essentially the day of or the day before that covers stuff from impact. So I kind of, I'm essentially going to be over the next couple of weeks here covering three total instead of just two or instead of just like one or two. So we're going to be, have a little bit more condensed in. Uh, and that's just because after turning point, we're just going to talk about turning point. We're not going to really talk about impact that just happened. I'm just going to keep going. Um, and there's also a really interesting reason for that, but we'll get to that too. Um, okay, so on the last episode of Impact from November 19th, 2004, uh, this is what went down. We had Jeff Jarrett and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were ringside. He defeated J-Rock in 40 seconds. So that was a that was a classic, as you could imagine. Uh, America's Most Wanted defeated the New York Connection uh, by disqualification in a minute and 43 seconds. Team Canada defeated Jarrell Clark and Mikey Batts in 2 minutes 45 seconds. Johnny Bad defeated Raven in two minutes, 40 seconds, and that was because of the the gentleman that Bob mentioned, Diamond Dallas Page. He interfered again. There's some uh, lots of heated confrontation going on with those two. Abyss defeated Kevin Jones in a minute, 12 seconds. And then in the main event, we saw a six-man tag team match. Kazarian Kid Cash and Michael Shane, or Matt Bentley, depending on what you want to call him that day, defeated Hector Garza, Sanjay Dutt, and Sonny Siaki in three minutes and 36 seconds. And if I remember correctly, Kid Cash used a coconut on Sonny Siaki, uh, which you can kind of see where this is all going, because all those people are kind of intertwined in this weird storyline with Jimmy Snuka and Braddy Piper, and it's just weird, man. Do you think that we're going to see Snuka at Turning Point? Um, the only reason I'm going to say no is because he kind of just, he hasn't even shown up on Impact or anything. I mean, or even in like a video or anything, you know what I mean? Whereas like Piper is like, Piper's there consistently at this point, I would say. Um, at least enough. 
that I feel like we have more of a chance to just see Piper if anyone. But I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back for the pay-per-view. Right. Although in 2004, I mean, are people really paying to see Jimmy Snook on pay-per-view? No. Probably not. I mean, he still does have a WrestleMania match in him in a few years, but... <laughs> I did say it was good, and it was good, and I'm just saying he's got one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I don't think there's uh, many other like major story uh, things besides Raven with the challenge with Diamond Dallas Page. Um, and we'll talk about the Kings of Wrestling's attack that they did. I believe it was on last week's episode. But before all of that, we have some notes to catch up on um, that have that were related to last week's episode uh, to a degree, and also uh, some backstage um, issues going on. And one that I really can't wait to talk about. I've been I almost I almost gave it to us last week, but it kind of talked about the show that we just were watching. So. Uh, but anyways, before that, uh, Antonio Pena's his next AAA show is set for December 5th. Mm. Uh, so that's fun. And now you're probably wondering, well, okay, so what? Well, he wants to do um, one of the ma- one of those kind of matches. I don't even want to butcher the name because it's a Spanish name. But it's basically when, like, you team up with, like, an opponent. Um, and so he wants, like, La Parca and Cybernetico to face off against Conan and a top foreign name, and um, yeah, they were talking about Mick Foley teaming with Conan, believe it or not. Oh. Uh, but he turned on the spot because he only does one match per year, and it would be in WWE. Um, but the most likely candidate at this point would be Rikishi. So we'd see Rikishi and Conan versus La Parca and Cybernetico. And no, that is not La Parc. It's La Parca. So the fake one. The fake one. Um, and now... So okay, why is this why is this interesting still? Well, if you remember on Impact, they did an injury angle with Conan and like Three Life Crew, and at the last show, Conan, uh, he he got injured with the with the hockey sticks. Team Canada took out Three Life Crew with all the hockey sticks. So it's kind of insinuating that he will end up doing that Triple A show, and not be at Turning Point. Oh, that's the way of writing him off. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll see how that goes down. I think I have one other uh, note about that show, but I'm just kind of going to go down my list because I'm going to get lost in this one. <laughs> um, so this is uh, kind of big news coming out of our last show because the company has gone into a major cost cutting mode. And we're gonna we're gonna be talking about this for the next couple shows here, but they were talking about moving the TV tapings to the weekend. Because they are far more people and universal these days on the weekends since the weeknights until summer are going to be dead. This makes sense. We talked about this actually when we were switching from summer to fall. Now, however, on the November 16th show, uh, they shocked everyone because they had 850 fans and turned people away more than double what they've been doing. Uh, the only answer was that word must have got around, as I, we, me and Bob were just talking about here, that Hall, Nash, Page, Piper, and possibly Savage we're there every week for free. So the move to weekends is being rethought out. There's also talk about saving money by doing two weeks worth of impact per taping and turning Explosion into a highlight magazine show to uh, alleviate the guys being unhappy about pay being cut in half again. The idea that they're going with is paying guys by the show. So if they appear on the impact shows weekly, they'll get paid for two shows, even though only working one date. 
And that is one of the interesting notes that I was bringing up because guess what, Bob? That starts today. It does? We are, the show we're about to watch is a double tape show. Oh, wow. But we will, we'll, we'll probably talk about that and mention it again um, because there's some interesting stuff that goes along with that too. But before that, we got to talk about Randy Savage a little bit. Now, Randy Savage and TNA officials were back talking on November 10th. Um, After Savage no-showed and came to terms a few days later that Savage would return, and when the November 16th TV show was over, they had officially announced Savage, Hardy, Styles versus Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall as the main event for the Turning Point pay-per-view on December 5th, which will also be from Universal Studios in Orlando. I don't know if they've officially said that yet, but I think uh, it, it makes sense. Now, where this is interesting, because we kind of, I think I kind of teased the fact that he was going to, that he was okay with the company, even though we didn't know he was going to appear on Impact. But the interesting part of all this is that Savage had demanded that Jimmy Hart stay away from him the entire time he's there, or he wouldn't come. Being that Hart is such an uh, intimidating guy, I guess, is what Dave says. (laughs) Hart had a nasty confrontation a year or so back on the Man Cow radio show with Savage when they argued about Hogan. Now, this next pay-per-view is a huge test because the buy rate will probably be down from the first one, but the question is whether or not it's down a little or a lot. They also announced uh, Monty Brown versus Abyss in the singles match for the pay-per-view with some sort of stipulation called a Serengeti survival match. Now, I don't know if they might, I don't know if I remember hearing this, but they've been kind of feuding, um, and it was... They must have at least said it, maybe over commentary or something. But we have officially Abyss versus um, Monty Brown. And if they didn't say it yet, they said it on website or something because it's being reported here. So, right. surprise. I didn't hear any kind of stipulation for that. Though. Uh, well, the only way to win this match, Bob, is uh, via pinfall, submission, or slamming your opponent on thumbtacks. You're kidding. So right. we'll see. We'll see if I'm sure they're going to talk about it on impact and, here. And they say that Vince Russo has gone. Oh, we're going to talk about Vince Russo too. Um, dude, there's a lot. I'm telling you, there's a lot going on. <laughs> um, continue on with Savage though. Cause that was all kind of in the same vein there. Uh, Brian Adams, who is Savage's current running buddy, uh, was on the cowhead radio show in Tampa and criticized how the Jarrett's treated Savage. He said they had snuck Savage into the building to keep his appearance a secret. But then Hogan walked in where fans could see he was there, and everyone made a big deal about Hogan being there when they knew Savage hated him. He said uh, the Jarrett knew it was unprofessional. I guess Savage felt uh, that he was that if he was there, that nobody doesn't like nobody he doesn't like should be allowed there or it's unprofessional. So it's pretty pretty weird stuff. And kind of going off of the Hogan thing, and then I have another note about Savage. Uh, Hogan was apparently very popular with all the guys and was telling people that he's been talking with Vince, but Vince wants him to go to put guys over, and he doesn't want to do that. Hogan was, Hogan was told that for the first time, because Vince's business is so bad, and because TNA is a is more high-profile on FSN right now, that the ball is more in his court than Vince's. Hmm. Um, it's also noted that Savage was nice to everyone. Um, some were concerned about his... Uh, uh, his his apparently is like mental health because people he knew from the past and had work uh, with he didn't seem to remember 
um, which, you know, that's kind of concerning, but, you know, head head trauma, CTE. Uh, He was friendly to everyone and did say, for the sake of business, that if Hogan came in, he'd he'd work now at getting along with him and would do a feud with him if asked. Why such the change of, like, opinion? It's business, brother. I don't know. Could you imagine that happening in TNA? Fucking no. No fucking way. Okay, so now, okay, well, by the time it happened, we're probably talking early to mid-2005 is when, I, they, all right, let's just, because he's not going to come in, I feel like, by the end of the year and go for turning point. So we could probably get it for maybe the February show or something. Just like Hulk Hogan comes in, they're just working an angle, just chilling. No way. No fucking way. There's no way. I don't know, man. Anyway. <laughs> now, this was not on the show, I don't believe. Uh, but it was noted it happened at the taping. So, uh, On the November 16th taping, Mike Tenay announced that fans could vote on the website whether they want to see the footage or not. Now, the footage, by the way, that we're talking about is this invasion angle thing that happened uh, where the TNA guys went over. We talked about it. We can go and say it. it. It's it's known as Cookie Gate. Everyone knows it's a, a pretty infamous little uh, thing. So um, you can vote if you want to see it or not. Now Bob Carter has given the company the go ahead to air the footage, even with the WWE threats. And of course, fans will vote to see it. And of course, it will air against WWE's wishes. Uh, TNA wants to turn it into a major issue, and I'm guessing that they will acknowledge it or possibly even read the WWE's letter threatening to sue on the air. So we will uh, we will keep up with that. I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about that in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> well, because I was going to say, I could have sworn I remember seeing it on television. So they have, they do end up showing it. I just don't know when they do. Oh, I remember when. Okay. We'll get there. Not my notes, but we'll get there. Um. Okay, so they think. The, okay, so this is kind of just kind of figuring out the uh, the Conan thing. So Conan got taken out in the taping, doing the injury angle. They did the ambulance that took him out. So on the pay per view, it's being said currently that it's going to be BG James and Ron Killings defending the NWA tag team titles against Bobby Roode and Eric Young. Now the original plan for this was actually a six man with Conan on one side and Scott Demore wrestling on the other. Uh, Demore and Team Canada are upset about that because a logical booking would say that team Canada should injure Conan, but this isn't about logical booking. It's about getting Jeff over. And that means that Hall and Nash get the big push. So I I guess I am mistaken about the injury thing because Scott Hall and Kevin Nash also attack the three life crew and like other people. I don't know. I took it like they, with with the hockey stick, but what do I know? Um, I guess it was only like on his hand. I guess it's not really a big injury thing. Because remember they show him in they show him in the ambulance, and that's I think when they do in the whole backstage attack thing. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but anyways, uh so and that means Hall and Ash get the big push, even in angles that shouldn't involve them. The injury angle is probably to keep him out for a few weeks and explain why he's missing the pay-per-view. And of course, as I mentioned, returning to triple A for the show that's on the same day as the pay-per-view. Um it's being noted here that Jeff Hardy's condition is worsening, whatever okay. that means. 
Uh, he had big problems at the pay-per-view weekend, and on November 16th, he arrived at the building only 30 minutes before the show started, and uh, it's even noted here, you are supposed to be there the night before. <laughs> so you had to be there the night before, and he got there a half hour before. Yeah. Nothing like, uh, you know, being right on time. Now, when they're saying his condition is not... Or it's getting worse. Are they trying to imply something here? I'm not 100% sure. So how I am taking this is that um, basically it was... How do I say it? He's been late a lot. We've talked about that a lot in notes. So I'm just... I look at it like they're, you know, mentioning that. However, are they talking about... um, any other issues he may have? Yes, I think probably. That's what I think they're doing, yeah. Uh, without directly saying it. Yeah, I kind of do. Um, okay, Bob, I got a heavy hitter for you here. I've been waiting to talk about this one for like two weeks now. So there's a BG James story that we talked about uh, for no- from November 9th, and apparently it was a lot more explosive. Now, I don't remember exactly what was said, but it doesn't matter because we're going to really expand on it right now. Uh, B.G. James was mad over a number of things. First, he was told that he'd make $350 for the Saturday autograph deal. So this is where we talked about, remember, people making less money. Uh, Like 20 bucks. Yeah, and so and you ended up being paid based on the photos you sold. So he was told that he'd make $350. However, uh, nobody trusts that much, much of that because 3 Life Crew basically sold the same number of photos. But James got about $80, Conan got $40, and Ron Killings got $22 for the day's work. Oh, my God. And a lot of people have since said in the past week that the company does another fan fest that they will refuse to do it. Uh, There are no plans for the company to do another one before the December 5th show, at least as of this writing. Okay, so then all three were mad about being told about the run-in on Hall and Nash on pay-per-view, Hall and Nash would, wouldn't sell the sell crap for them and would lay them out in seconds. Then Nash was told to do a four-minute interview. He went on for 15 minutes. This was on Impact. Right. Uh, and everyone's match time for the rest of the show was sliced. Now, instead of talking about their plan to screw Hardy, Nash went into a speech talking about what he had done in the past and never brought up any current TNA angles or the wrestlers. Three Live Cruise match was cut to 30 seconds. They got no interview time. And again, we're laid out by Team Canada. Uh, James flipped off Jeremy Borash from the ring. <laughs> uh, I guess blaming him since he's involved with creative. Uh, he went backstage and cut uh, what Dave was told was among the best promos of 2004. Except that it was backstage. Uh, he started complaining about even though that they are three of the best talkers in the company, they never get interview time, they always get laid out, and they never get retribution. He said how they are supposed to have a thug gimmick, yet they are portrayed as total pussies. He, uh, he told Bob Ryder about uh, how most of the guys are afraid to say anything because they're afraid they'll be sent home and not paid, but he doesn't care. He said that everyone in the company thinks America's most wanted the naturals. Uh, and then everyone thinks, yeah, and they just says, insert your own remarks, uh, and which I don't really understand that but and that's why uh, they get pushed so he didn't really dave didn't really that one out right i think it's just everyone thinks highly of them uh 
Um, he continued to cut a promo on Jarrett when he came out. Uh, and he says, quote, we're supposed to be thugs, but we're portrayed like where, and I'm not going to say it. It's a, a derogatory F word mm. that uh, he's, he said in promos before. Um, yes. uh, he said, uh, he then started yelling uh, Harrison Storm for not being over and that Storm disrespected Shane Douglas, who's an agent, when Douglas laid out a finish that Storm didn't like for the pay-per-view match, and Storm simply stormed out. Uh, I don't know if the pun was intended there or not, but... Uh, he yelled also, again, also, because Eek Skipper uh, suffered a concussion in the first 90 seconds of the match, and they had to get all their shitting, uh, the, the you know, pre-planned series of moves there, instead of taking care of him. Uh, in particular, he was mad about Harris doing the... Uh, finishing catatonic on the chair since Skipper was already knocked out. A lot of wrestlers went up to James afterward and told him that they thought he said what, what was needed to be said. Uh, Jarrett's main response to him was uh, he believes heels need to get heat on him. That was the big takeaway there. So that was a lot. Okay, so one of the first things that um, you know, that whole long statement you had was that BG James feels like they are, uh, their characters are thugs. Now, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have interpreted it as like the comedy wannabe, like gangsters, mm-hmm. not not like fearful thugs. Yeah, I mean, they're not bad guys. I don't know, to say that you're a thug. No. I feel right. like is like you're not a funny thug. <laughs> no, so maybe like, that's his problem. Maybe that's his problem though. But they've always okay. they've always been comedy, even in the asylum. They were doing these right. vignettes, going to trailer parks, and like talking yeah, exactly. funny stuff around people around the the whole. You know what I mean? I don't know. When I think now, when I say when I what I'm about to say is like, I don't. It's a it's just a character thing here. But like you look at a guy like Homicide in Ring of Honor. He's hitting people with forks and hitting the cop killer, also known as the vertebraker. Mm-hmm. Like that is a guy where is a believable badass. And it's like, okay, yeah, he probably should get retribution or revenge or whatever. Right. But three life crew is just like, no. And if they are, you know, they they say that they're like they're the top like act. Like top one of the you know some of the top three babyfaces in the company, the job of a of a babyface, especially in this era where it's TV and monthly pay per views, is you get your ass kicked on TV to sell the match for pay per view, where you then get your retribution. And last time I checked, they are the tag team champions. There you go. So now if they get laid out on TV a bunch and then they lose the tag titles on pay per view, then maybe we have a different argument. But. They're getting the retribution on the paid show, which is the whole point. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of uh, a very interesting situation. I have a feeling they won't be tag team champions for much longer. <laughs> I don't know, just a thought. I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised by that. You never know. Um, speaking... I don't think, and I don't think that they. I think you know, with the outs, with the Hall and Ash driver. I mean, yeah. BG James and Conan against them for the casual fan would probably be pretty cool. But I think at this rate with how they're talking, I don't think they're going to do business. I don't think so either. Nope. 
I don't either. But you never know, Bob, what will happen. Um, speaking of uh, tag team matches and all that kind of fun stuff, um, Roddy Piper will not be wrestling on the December 5th pay-per-view. Thank God. Uh, remember, there was rumors of him being in a tag match. Um, as of now, ready for this match? It's not like we just saw it. As of now, the match is going to be Kid Cash, uh, Frankie Kazarian, and Michael Shane versus Hector Garza, Sanjay Dutt, and Sonny Siaki. And Dave notes, so in other words, a match that means nothing. Mm-hmm. And they already did the match on the November 16th sh- uh, show uh, when uh, Cash hit Siaki with the coconut and Tracy that Tracy carried to the ring and got the pin. Uh, however, referee Mike Posey saw the coconut in the ring, restarted the match. Cash hit Siaki a second time with the co- coconut. Probably means that there was a screw up the first time, Dave says, and counted the pin. Uh, Jarrett, Hall, and Nash came out, beat up all three faces as well as Shark Boy, leading to the Savage coming out. Uh, and it's also noted here that Savage, who never took off his big coat again, punched Jarrett, uh, and the heels left and continued to taunt Savage from the ramp. Um, Dave notes that he hopes that they have Savage under contract, um, but figure that they don't. Um, and I think the only other major last week note, uh, I I believe that we didn't mention. I'm not going to read his notes on the card, but the opening. And by the way, I keep saying the 16th. It's it's a tape show. We all know, right? Because yeah. uh, it was on the 19th. So just in case anyone comments and is like, oh, it's not on November 16th. It was taped that day, whatever. Um, Hall Nash Jarrett beat down Sharkboy D-Ray 1000, and they did the lawn dart spot with Amazing Red. Right. So I think that's the only other major thing. Um, besides him just kind of running down the card, which we already did. Oh, and also, they, we didn't mention it when we said the match, though. It's officially America's Most Wanted Triple X, uh, but it's officially that the losing team must split up forever. I mean, I've, I've never liked that stipulation. Just because they never, I mean, they rarely hold true to it. Come on, you know, come on. What do you mean? Yeah. Um, let me see here. Okay. So I know we've covered, we've covered a lot already, but I got some more. Um, and then, and then I actually don't think there's as much more as I thought there was, which is good. But, uh, t- right now, uh, as of this observer writing, as it says in the title is that TNA is struggling financially. So that's fun. Mm. Um, and Dave writes a massive thing on it. I'm only gonna. I got a couple highlights I want to pull out, but really, um, it's a, it's a good read, but it's just too much to cover um, here on the podcast. Um, it, it, he writes here that it, it was the biggest week in Tina history, and now from all signs, when it didn't pan out, the company is in critical condition. So Bob, can you believe that here in 2004, TNA wrestling is gonna might be done. Closing up shop any day. Close- Closing up shop any day. They've been saying that since <laughs> June 2002. All right, so he says, here's the basic financial score. Panda Energy, in the two-plus years that it's been funding TNA, has lost approximately $15 million on the venture. Uh, this came on the heels of the $1.6 million Health South lost uh, in getting the company off the ground. So that's kind of a, a number he's been giving us. Uh, now, while the company did what is being estimated by cable sources as 30,000 to 35,000 buys for Victory Road. 
which should bring the company uh, anywhere from $385,000 to $450,000 in revenue. That only cuts monthly losses down to about $550,000 to $615,000 for November. <laughs> These numbers are insane, aren't they? Yeah, that's just not great. Uh, basically, uh, he's saying that that he thinks that uh, numbers will drop for Turning Point, although probably not drastically. Um, but regardless, they're they're in lots of trouble here now. Um, and kind of to play off of this a little bit more, unfortunately, the first set of ratings that we got last week, which were based on overnights, which still fell a little short, didn't hold up. Now you're wondering what the fuck ratings am I talking about? Well, we're talking about the best damn wrestling event. Period. Mm. The final numbers were the original 8 p.m. airing on November 10th did a 0.26 rating. Now, the show averages a 0.13 on Wednesday nights in its first run. So, best damn sports show. Now, on the 11 p.m. airing, it did a 0.18, which it usually averages a 0.12. And now on the second night, November 11th, the show, the first showing did a 0.18. It usually averages a 0.13. And the 11 p.m. showing did a 0.14, and it usually averages a 0.12. And at those numbers, the idea of getting a Monday primetime show is said to be highly unlikely by FSN sources. Which is disappointing. No, it's not disappointing. You don't want that. No, I know. I'm saying it's disappointing that they're not doing well. I don't want them on freaking Monday right now. Are you, you kidding can't, me? You can't do that. The only way you would do on a Monday is if uh, if you did it at like seven or like oh. at eight, like eight to nine, and then like Raw starts, I, starts at nine. Well, that's a, and I think what they were doing is they wanted to remember they wanted to try to get a lead in, so they'd have like a half hour overlap or something like that. Yeah, but you don't want to have any overlap. No, it's probably not a great idea. It'd be horrible. Uh, as he continues in this whole thing. He notes that there are so many different things going on right now. Uh, the Jarrett's and the Carters don't see eye to eye. In particular, Jeff Jarrett and Dixie Carter. It's being noted that Jerry Jarrett has clearly undermined Jeff, although it's debatable. Uh, it's a debatable point whether it's for the good of the company or not. Jerry has apparently felt Jeff's ideas about wrestling are too heavily influenced by Vince Russo to the point where Jerry can't steer him back to a logical wrestling direction. Now, Russo is totally gone from the company and has confided to friends that he thought TNA was done as soon as Dixie Carter got pregnant. Uh, which is, of course, a very uh, a poor way to look at things, but it was said. Now, this is going to come to us as a surprise here. This is pretty big news. Uh, Jerry's move was to replace Jeff Jarrett as Booker with, that's right, Bob, you guessed it, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Now, to the surprise of many, Dutch Mantel still has his job and, Ro- and will be Rhodes' assistant, although nobody was taking bets on how long that would last. Um, Dave notes that Jeremy Borash, and he lists Bill Banks, but I don't know if he, I don't know if I know Bill Banks being here or not, but what do I know? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, so they did do this? Yeah, and I'll just tell you right now, the show we're about to watch is of Dusty's first night as Booker. I thought you were saying he wanted to. You're, so he, they did. Oh, yeah, he's replaced. Dusty's officially the booker. <laughs> so Jeff Jarrett is no longer booking? Um, at least not. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Holy shit. Okay. Okay, wow. Context is huge now. So this is 
this show we're about to watch right now today is Dusty's first show. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got that in a note, whether on this week or next week's episode. I'm okay. not sure which, but it's very important to note here that on Jeff Jarrett's podcast, he has said that Dusty hated the X Division. Okay, there that very, very crucial context because now That's I'm really scary. curious to see how the X Division plays out because he hated it. That's scary. Uh, so, so like he notes here, Jeremy Borash, and he says. He says Bill Banks, but Bob, do you know if Bill Banks is here? Because I don't know if that's right or not, but whatever. It's also noted somewhere else that Terry Taylor is giving input, but whatever. Um, Alvarez Bill notes Banks that. might have been there. Okay. I just thought that. I, I think we're maybe thinking like Bill Shaw. Like Bill Shaw would not be there, but Bill Banks probably would, would have been. I don't know. Maybe I'm thrown off. But okay. So between Alvarez and Meltzer, Borash, Bill Banks, Terry Taylor, at least within those three, are giving input to Dusty. But when the change was made on November 19th, the show we're about to watch. Uh, it was clearly Dusty's direction from that point forward. So oh let's God. keep our eyes peeled. Okay, so if Dusty's booking it, does it, how how long before Jarrett is about to lose a title? I can't believe that Dusty would want Jarrett to be his champion. I don't know. It's a really great question. Um, so, and I think, are we, this is the last note that kind of falls within that thing here, but, uh, as noted last week, the official decision was made this week of going bi-weekly tapings to impact to cut costs. So I, I kind of teased you with that uh-huh. and numerous other cost cutting measures are expected. The company tapes two shows on November 23rd and will tape again on December 7th and December 21st. Explosion will turn into this magazine format show. Uh, it is expected that wrestlers will be paid per show they appear on. So the guys who work and travel to TV, every show won't be cut in pay. They will actually have an easier schedule, only having to travel every other week. Uh, now, still given the finances, uh, Dave says that it's the right option for now, and it can always be changed if needed. Uh, if the company will pay wrestlers per show that they appear on and their incomes aren't sliced in half, then it's largely a benefit. So pretty, pretty uh, fun stuff there. Um, it's, a, it's also this is kind of a more of a follow up for the last couple shows. Uh, but it's noted that, that Scott Hall saw himself on TV, saw how old that he looked and decided to dye his hair back black, which we noted for we Victory noted. Road yeah. versus thing. Now, Nash, on the other hand, didn't. And there are people who feel that it shows that Nash doesn't really care because he showed up all gray and looking 50 years old. <laughs> which I think is so funny. That's great. <laughs> I love that note. Um, regarding reports of problems with Bob Ryder and TNA over money owed, the story uh, from this week was actually something from about three months ago that has been since settled. So, uh, however, it has been remarked that Ryder has been very different ever since BG James and the tirade on him in front of everyone a few weeks ago. Which you know, I guess maybe I'd be a little different too. Well, yeah. Jeez. Um, let me just check, Bob. I think I have one more thing. I'm just triple checking. Uh, let's see, does... Well, Alvarez kind of um, goes on a little bit more about the Dusty situation. So he, he notes that just before going to press that Dusty Rhodes had been taking over the head booker position in TNA from Jeff Jarrett. This clearly means something huge went down internally. 
What exactly that is, I have no idea yet. Uh, this did not come as a complete surprise, as there has been talk for some time that Jerry Jarrett was trying to wrestle control of the company from his son and put Dusty in charge. But the belief was that some inside Panda, including Dixie Carter, were against it. And this is where he mentions Terry Taylor and Jeremy Borash. Uh, and the only other note before this last one, which is another Randy Savage note, Bob, uh, is he, he notes about the Rick McFoley not being able to appear for AAA is actually because of the universal incident um, that WWE basically said that there's no way they were going to allow any of their guys to work any shows that TNA talent was working. So McFoley says, I'm not wrestling anywhere besides WWE. This is reporting that um, Mick called WWE to get it cleared. And uh, then they were like, well, no, you're not working with TNA talent. Yeah, but we've we've seen WWE talent on the same show as TNA talent before. But that was before the incident. Oh, before the cookie. The Universal Studio incident. Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah. Weird stuff. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and my final note, Bob, before we get into the show, is I I just look there. Wait, wait, there it is. Okay. My last Randy Savage note for now. This shit gets more and more interesting every time his name gets brought up in these observers. Uh, Randy Savage's deal is apparently for eight dates. Okay, well, we've already used two, so now we're at six. Six dates and turning point. So now we're at five. Five. Now, his demands to return, which TNA um, apparently agreed with him against the wishes of some uh, management thinking that they were ridiculous, were, are you ready for this? These are Randy Savage's things. Limo service from his home in Tampa to Orlando for every show. Two security guards at $1,000 per per night, which he's using Ron Harris and Brian Adams, uh, which is more than all of the top wrestlers in the group are earning, for the record. Whoa, Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? $1,000 $1,000 for the security guards is more than what any wrestler is earning? Per night, I think is. The... What the hell? Okay. What? That's, what it's, that's what's, what's said here. Now, what, he are says, Hall and, what are Hall and Nash making a night? They might be different. <laughs> they say, might be different. What the fuck? Jeff Hardy? He's not making a grand? Uh, what is he uh, making? Like seven fifty? I don't know. 500 What the hell? I don't know. And also, as we've noted already, Jimmy Hart could not only not only be nowhere near him, but also couldn't be in the truck or on the headsets when he was into on television at all. Why now, does he hate Jimmy Hart so much? Because of this thing with Hulk Hogan, I guess. Um, Hart, of course, does not work in the truck to begin with. <laughs> now, when Randy Savage was out, he had Harris watching gorilla position to make sure that Hart wasn't there. And in the 85-degree weather, Savage only took his jacket off once. Uh, those who saw him said that his arms looked shriveled up and that either he's going to work with a long sleeve shirt on or have some very quick changes if he's actually going to wrestle. Uh, Savage also demanded his own private dressing room, uh, and I guess that's to make sure that nobody potentially saw the physical changes that Dave just wrote about. That's sad. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Because, yeah, I'm sure his arms are... um... Not nearly as big as they were in 1999. I can't imagine why that is. No idea. 
Yeah, I would have never guessed. Do you think if it's you know so bad, do you think Randy could have been an X Division guy? Holy, maybe going off the top, oh, dropping some thought. elbows. Yeah. Wow, man. Um, there's a lot. I do even have a uh, a note about a Randy Savage interview, but we we can talk about that during the show, along with a bunch of other things. Um, I have a bunch of stuff that I'm saving for the show even. So like I said, man, this was a, this was a heavy hitter kind of show, but uh, there's a lot going on, but that's there's it a lot going on back. Sits. I mean, that's a lot of information, dude. That's a lot. And um, also it's important to know, and I'll just tell you right now before we really get into this, I don't have explosion notes uh, for this week or next because they have this double taping. It does not appear that they are filming any matches. Cause if they're doing this magazine style format, um, they're probably just using clips and stuff like that. So there's no explosion, no dark match notes. In fact, in the notes of the the, the what happened, uh, there's a match missing. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, like a match that we're going to see on Impact tonight. It's not even on the thing. Mind you, I don't really look at the results. I skim for names so I can like get rid of them on my screen. Uh, but one name was not there. For For what are you talking about? Like one of the matches that we're about to see on Impact isn't in the Observer, like oh, right, and he's right down, um, which I thought was weird. But once again, I try not to read too closely at it because I I do try to not spoil things. Um, plus, I do it at like twelve thirty at night, so I forget by the time we record, anyways. Yeah, um, but yeah, no explosion notes, so we can pretty much get right into this. Um. All right. Well, it's time to sh- let's get uh, the November twenty sixth, two thousand four edition of Impact started. The first one that was booked by Dusty Rhodes and his minions of people, including Terry Taylor, Dutch Mantel, and uh, Bill. Jeremy, what was Bill Banks and Jeremy Borash? Bill Banks and Jeremy Borash. All right. It's a new era. Vince Russo's out. Dude, it, Jarrett's out. It's Dusty time, baby. It's a pretty big deal. I mean, if it's it, it's kind of crazy. Because Vince Russo essentially is done at Victory Road. He's he's there, but he's done. And I would say his booking, he's kind of done by then anyway. Yeah, but so Vince Russo was writing the show. And then for, like, what, th- two or three weeks, Jarrett was? And they kicked him out and went with Dusty? I think that Jarrett's been writing it with Russo for a while. Oh, because Ru- sure Russo said in interviews that, like, it's kind of Jarrett doing it anyways, I think. And some of the ones that we've even covered on the show. Um, and I have a Vince Russo interview to talk about too. Um, but it's so, yeah, it's almost like Jarrett and Dutch Mantel were alone for a couple weeks. And that's when Jerry Jarrett swooped in and was like, nope. And it lasted, lasted essentially two, three weeks. And then here we go. Right. I mean, I, I, cause I remember Russo would, you know, pitch his ideas and they would like change it on him or something. So yeah, that trio was a thing and now they're just going to dusty. All right. Yeah, that's, I mean, I had no idea that that was even a thing. So um, that makes the show in in the next couple of shows uh, quite interesting for me to see just the difference yeah, of the yeah. style. Uh, the runtime for this is approximately 51 minutes and 29 seconds. Uh, if you want to watch along with us, head over to the Impact Plus app. Or if it's in your own personal collection, uh, that should work as well. I'm going to count down from three, and when I say play, that's when we're going to hit the uh, good old play button, and we're going to live watch this episode of Impact, November 26, 2004. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. This is TNA. 
We see this thing every single week, but I still like it. Yeah, I like it too. Oh, speaking of the ambulance thing. They're showing the attack. Oh, yeah. See, they say on commentary right there, Kings of Wrestling sent three life crew to the hospital. I guess I didn't make quite make that connection right away when we saw this. And I just assumed in the notes, like I said, I, I assumed it was the Team Canada thing. But but they do say it right there. Oh, dude, I forgot the Kings of Wrestling were on commentary the entire show last week. Yeah, they were. And that's right. Dusty basically told anyone, you guys, anyone who wants to, you have full access to stop the Kings of Wrestling. Dude, listen. They're... Serengeti Survival. We totally missed it. We totally missed that. What the hell? I don't... I really do not... But I do remember them kind of brawling real quick there. I remember the the teasing of the tax, yeah. Of course, Kings are wrestling out here, beating up the uh, guys who are supposed to be in this really random match. At turning point. Uh, Yeah, they're posing like Elvis there. That's right. And here come Jeff Hardy and AJ... Looking real cocky for some reason. And then all of a sudden, on freaking impact, dude, Randy Savage came out freaking okay, wild. You can definitely tell that Randy's arms are s- kind of small, but it looks like it's the 1992 version of Randy Savage. It's not that bad. It's hard to tell. I mean, you can definitely tell he's smaller. It's yeah, hard to tell I mean, with the jacket on, but yeah, he's but, way smaller than fucking. Oh, what's this? Right. Amazing Red Sanjay dot D Ray three thousand Shark Boy Chris Sabin and Styles. There's the Kings of Wrestling locker room. Do not enter. It is AJ. Jarrett Hall Nash. Oh shit! Talk about ordering chicken and broccoli. Kevin AJ Nash is just, in a towel. AJ Styles just decked Scott Hall, and then all of them just ran. And yeah, Kevin Nash was in a towel. We almost saw his ball sack. His legs were spread, Bob. We almost saw Kevin Nash's. Like I'm sure he was wearing shorts. Nah, dude. We almost saw Wiener. <laughs> I don't know if you're gonna be full <laughs> I don't know, dude. Big sexy's ball sack is hanging out on impact. He goes, yeah, we'll order the broccoli cheddar and turns around. <laughs> 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 uh here we are in the impact zone. I do not have a crowd number, but we are looking full. Whoa, someone's screaming at the camera. Mike Tanay going down the card. What's going on for Turning Point? WWE fears TNA footage. Fun little sign there. Get our opening pyro here. Let's see who's coming out. Sounds like the New York connection. Well, there's Trinity. Yep, there's Johnny Swinger, Glenn Gilberti. It looks like we got potentially some tag team action to open us up here on Impact. Oh, America's Most Wanted. A little rematch. 
Oh, Dusty's got a very interesting announcement to make, they're saying. I'm the booker, baby. Is that what he's going to say? Opening up on some tag team action, Bob. A rematch. Rematch from when? Explosion? Nope, it's the New York Connection. Remember, there's just a disqualification last week. There was? Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. And we're starting right from it. The Americans Most Wanted, they start hot. They don't care. They don't lock up. Who the fuck needs a lock up? Harris with a Fez press and some punches in on Gilberti. Leaping clothesline. I don't think I got any notes about anyone in this match. Um, oh, we did already see Kevin Nash. I could tell you that apparently he's going to be heading to AAA. To work a show that I don't know how to pronounce correctly. It's a triple A. That's weird. Isn't that weird? I, did, I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. Double clothesline here by the NYC to control Chris Harris. Swing over some knee lifts to the chest. Gilberti's got like... I don't know how I feel about Gilberti's pants. I think they had these pants on last week as well. Um, they're very shiny. Yeah, that's why I don't know if I like it. Um, but they do match each other, except the swingers just don't look as shiny because they're white. Well, I think he's wearing jeans, isn't he? Is his jeans? They might be. I think it's his white jeans. But they match because they each have their name in like the opposite color. Uh, no, those aren't jeans. Are you sure? Yeah, look how shiny. You can tell they're shiny. Yeah, but I, they're styled like, like that. But they're they're wrestling pants. Yeah, That's the style, Bob. He's trying to make it look like that. He's tricking you. Well, Let him choke uh, uh, Harris in the bottom there with his foot. And look, he knocks Storm off the apron. Storm's pissed. He bricks it up. Oh, my God. He's going crazy. Who was... Oh, yeah. He's he's being up Swinger like it's uh, Shane Douglas pitching him a bad uh, finish for a match. <laughs> and they stormed out of the room. Double side rushing on Harris. That's going to get a two count for Gilberti. Hey, speak. This is okay. This is nothing to do with the tag team. But speaking of NYC, uh, New York City here, um, it's being noted that TNA is in danger of not being seen much in New York City because Time Warner Cable, as things were planned at press time, was going to drop Fox Sports Net uh, New York on November 24th. Although that deadline has since been moved up to January 20th. Uh, this was scheduled to happen in August after talks between the cable system and network fell apart. But State Attorney General Elliot Spitzer uh, brokered an interim deal that just expired. Well, the more you know. Well, at least Elliot Spitzer did something good. <laughs> he kept TNA around for a little while. Yeah. Saving my Fox Sports and that. <clears throat> Too bad he was busy, you know, buying hookers and shit. Ooh. Oh, look, Storm comes in. He's on fire. Ducks the clothes in for Swinger, and somehow, Swinger, somehow Swinger flew all the way over the top rope. Yeah, when he, what? I wish went back. Gilberti works in the corner. To the floor. Oh. I thought he was going to roll through. Storm. That's weird. Slingshot cross body onto Swinger. Storm is a house of fire. Top rope, flying cross body onto Gilberti. But he only gets a two count. Gil- Gilberti's able to kick out. <clears throat> Swinger 
trips Storm running the ropes. This match has gone on far longer than I expected it to. As Harris just decked Swinger. In Siguri by Storm to Gilberti. Crowd's on fire. Bob, I noted already, but just so you know, I don't have any crowd numbers, but it was looking full, full, full when is. they were showing the crowd. That sentence. That sentence to Gilberti. That should be it. And that's a clean win for A and Nice. We find the defendants guilty. I like that finisher. I like the name of that finisher. That is a good finisher. I can't wait to see uh, Scott Hall take that move and AMW win the tag team titles in probably three months. Okay, we're with Dusty Rhodes. The Booker. You've been an impact player your entire career. Two weeks out of turning point. And he said it again. He said Mount Cincinnati to make an impact. Oh, AJ Styles. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. AJ Styles, Scott Hall tonight in the main event. And then next week on Impact. Monty Brown. Jeff Jarrett for the title. Oh, my God. Dusty, what are we doing? That's our first what? ever world title match on Impact, right? Oh, my God. Two weeks ago, WWE still... came to the home of TNA Wrestling Universal Studios in Orlando to shoot a television commercial. No way. As an act of goodwill, TNA wrestlers attempted to present them with cookies and balloons during their visit. TNA Wrestling had planned to air the footage of our wrestlers expanding the olive branch today on Impact. WWE to TNA, air this footage and we will sue you, blank, blank. <laughs> The WWE legal department has given TNA Wrestling seven days to bring language to this footage. We have two choices. Hand over the footage to WWE or air the footage Sunday, December 5th at TNA's <laughs> Turning Point pay-per-view. <laughs> We'd rather let you decide. Uh, okay. Log on to TNAWrestling.com to vote now. That's funny. So obviously we'll be seeing well, that at Turning Point. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That is pretty good. I like how they're like, yeah, they said they're going to sue us. Well, we, we're going to show you. Yeah. I love Tune it. Into the pay-per-view. I mean, that's not a bad approach to to get more people to buy your pay-per-view either, really. No. Now, if they were to troll us and have it not be in the footage, that'd be, that'd be pretty bad. That'd be a bummer. Yeah. Um, uh, we have a highlight... This is a video package promoting the uh, cage match between Triple X and AMW. I got that again, Russell. Um, Well, I might as well get this Vince Russo interview out of the way as we're kind of watching a highlight package. Um, He apparently appeared on several radio shows this past week, which we probably saw. We already talked about some of it, but. Um, on the Get in the Ring radio, he said that he was never happy in TNA and chose that over WWE because he was friends with Jarrett and wanted to write TV, and WWE only wanted him to be a consultant. Uh, he claimed he never wrote one show for TNA, which, of course, is completely absurd. That's ridiculous. Um, he said working with Dusty was agonizing, um, and he said that he wrote the sex angle. Um, and look, we're getting a match card picture, so I had to stop real quick because that's pretty awesome. Uh, and he worked the wrestlers by never showing up in the locker room and only going out to do his segments during that, which, you know, that's always great. 
Um, and then he talks about that's, that's hilarious that he's trying to say that he never wrote a show. That's just... I, I know. my other favorite part about this, um, where this interview lies. So Alvarez kind of pieces out just like Dave Meltzer. If you've ever looked at an observer, it's like Mexico, Japan, WWE, TNA. Right. Well, Alvarez puts this in the section Christ. <laughs> and not only is it a Vince Russo interview, there's also notes about Sting in his movie, The Moment of Truth, which. It just talks about reviews, so it's nothing, or else I would have brought it up, probably. But, yeah, so Sting and Russo are in the Christ section of the figure four wrestling. (laughs) That's great. Here comes Michael Shane, or is he? Or is he, or is it Matt Bentley? Let's see. He's got Tracy with him. And it's Michael Shane. Okay, I'm dropping Matt Bentley for now. Yeah, it's got to be Michael Shane. We're back to Michael Shane. Hail Saban. Michael Shane and Chris Shaman, it looks like. <laughs> Tanae's Tanae saying that the Fox Sport and that said it's inappropriate to air what WWE actually said to them. Um, oh. So they had to censor it, but you can vote. Don West, I gotta know what's on that footage. And now we're getting the... Is this a, tr- a three-way? I don't know. So PD Williams is out here. I think this is this is weird. So you're gonna have a three way involving PD and Saban and just throw Michael Shane in there? I don't I don't like it. You know what's gonna happen here, right? Uh he's gonna hit him with the cradle shot. I think yeah, I think Saban's gonna counter the destroyer with the cradle shot and pin PD. And they got to put Michael Shane here just to like make it seem like it's not the it's same. It's not match a you're about to watch. match. Yeah. Now Shane and PD are kind of working together here, as they should. Irish whip kicks Shane. Oh, the flip clothesline to Shane. Blocks a kick by PD. Go behind. Elbow. Shane, Shane Douglas is... Watch out, Shane. His, the last time they opened the door, they got punched. They might be coming after you. Right. He's outside of the Kings of Wrestling's locker room. They refused to answer the door. That's what today was getting in his headset. If I were to open the door and then get punched, I'm not going to open the door. I love that he opened the door, Styles punched, and he fell all the way back to Kevin Nash. He was in a towel and tanning sunglasses, sitting on the couch behind them. And then they just ran. Well, I like how there was like six or seven X Division guys, and they just all ran away. I actually, yeah, I thought that was a hilarious segment. (laughs) AJ and Scott Hall. Now, we talked about um, the thought of them not even having the Outsiders wrestle at all before the pay-per-view and here we are about two weeks away scott hall's fighting okay it's a it's a dangerous thing to do because if he looks bad in the in the ring that's gonna that's gonna impact your potential buys as michael shane just had a leg drop over the middle rope on this uh saban there well i think the interesting thing in here is we've heard these talks of like well scott hall looked so bad in the video and all this stuff which i from what we've seen he doesn't look bad no however if that is the case and people are thinking that why is he the one who's wrestling well i feel like out of the two like hall would be more open to wrestling than nash 
Well, I know. I'm just like logically, that's just how I'm not sure. I mean, realistically, who is even a good matchup for Nash? Like nobody. No. There's nobody even on the same. Like it, it would just be weird. I think That's that I think that Styles could be fun just because he could like run all over the place and Nash couldn't catch him, and I think that could have some fun um, things going on. Yeah. I think that it could probably uh, bring him to having a decent little match, and he could throw him around like crazy. So like some kind of, and I just say Styles because he's like the X Division guy, you know. But right. Can Am Wrestling School. Petey hit a side Canadian uh, leg sweep there just a couple of seconds ago. Now they're training forearms. Clothesline by Saban. Oh, uh, there's another clothesline to Shane. A forearm for Petey. And then Shane cuts him off with a kick to the gut. He's going to, well, he got countered. Petey kicks Shane in the corner. Oh, no. Oh, the top rope. The Canadian destroyer. Oh, my God. Saban just rolled up. Hurricane run oh. him. And then German suplex on Michael Shane to the cover. No. That was nice. That was really cool. Going for the destroyer off the second rope. Shane saves Petey from the cradle shot. Michael Shane going for a backbreaker. Over the, over the shoulder backbreaker. Yeah. Oh, Petey, Petey clothesline. Uh-oh. Here we go. Is he going to the destroyer? Jones. No, uh, see, I fucking knew it. He hit it one third time, and he pinned oh. him. That's exactly what I said was gonna happen. That's wow, so dude. predictable. That's a pretty big deal, though. Even <sighs> Pyro, Any Pyro, that's a bit much. He's countered it right. every single time he's put into that move. Yeah, but here's the thing: they're they're putting too much on the save in here that he's he's not gonna win the title. We're going backstage to Shane Douglas. What the fuck? That's Raven? Raven wearing that weird helmet. He's talking to two, like, druid guys. History has always been seen through the eyes of the winners. What the heck? Okay, that was bizarre. Well, we're back with another highlight package. So, Bob, I'm back with another interview. And this time it's with Randy Savage. Oh, boy. He did a radio interview. Uh, pretty much the very first thing he said uh, were that were things were great in the locker room. As we know. That might not be true. Um, he said that he wanted to give young wrestlers the rub and that TNA could be the next cool thing. Uh, he said that he would be willing to wrestle Hogan in the ring, but wasn't down for having unscheduled summit meetings. Which is I mean, that's a, fair. Which is a very big hint at why the fuck did he show up at Vinci Road? <laughs> right. Um, which I really enjoyed that. So Savage saying that, I mean, he knows that he made a boatload of money with Hogan. I mean, how can if, you not? And if I'm telling you right now, man, if in 2005 TNA was like Hulk Hogan, he was trying to say, I'm fucking buying that show. I mean, there's just no, there's no way I'm not buying it. Here we are back. Wait. December 5, turning point. We will see this man, Raven. Diamond, okay, it's official. It's official. 
Um, Dusty gave Tanae a paper before. And uh, Bob, I'll mention, Raven's match here is the one that was not on my notes. Okay. That is, uh, I believe that's Vordell Walker, who I've said, um, I've mentioned, I think every time we've seen him, that uh, he's the one that knocked out Rick Steiner. <laughs> Backstage at the indie show. That's what he's best known. Oh, listen. The music's playing. It's me. It's me. It's DDP. We have not even. No, not Is that why it's not in your notes? Because it doesn't even happen? It. I guess. I mean, technically, the bell rang. It did ring. Yeah, but like nothing's happened. But nothing's happening. That's the easiest $100 Vordell Walker ever earned. Raven looks a lot better. Yeah, he does. What about me? The timer for the match is still going. What about DDP? So you wonder why I'm here, Raven? Oh, yeah, we're going to find out. But what's here? It's got to be about my, my girl, Kimberly. Talking about how you made me. Okay, the match thing's gone. So the match is done. The match is gone. I love that shot. Raven and you see Diamond Dallas Page in the background on the screen. I would do anything for you. Don't walk away from me. He's standing on the announce table. I remember when me and you trained so hard to be the heavyweight champion of the world. We wanted it so bad we could taste it. And Demi Ellspace says, well, I was the one who tasted it. <laughs> not one time, not two time, but three time, three time, three time. Well, you know, technically Raven was a world champion before DDP was. He was East Edward world champion. I'm just throwing it out there. It's just facts. Hogan Sting, the nature boy. I also don't like that he's calling him Rave. Listen, Rave. Yeah. You might as well call him Scott. I, yeah, I agree. He might as well call him Scott. It'd probably be better if you did call him Scott. You call Raven standing, like, I don't give a fuck. We party, the boy. Me, you, and Kim. I know. Oh, fuck, Bob. He fucked Kim. No way. Raven's like, don't know what you're talking about. There's nowhere he could go without people talking behind his back. And you wonder why I'm here. I'm walking around with a knife in my back with your hand on it. And you wonder why I'm here. So do I take it personal? And Raven was about to cut him off. And he's like, hey. You twisted it and you broke the shake off. Raven's like, okay. 
This isn't about Kim. And he laughs. You want to talk about what's important? Let's talk about Eric Watts. Tell people what you're really mad about. <laughs> so many people have stuck so many knives in your bag. How do you know which one's mine? Raven's screaming that he should have been the world champion, not Paige. Some people can't be saved. Some people won't be saved. And Paige, some people, they need to be saved. And he's pointing right at him. Welcome to the Terror Dome. Quote the Raven. Nevermore. Oh, we're about so, to see some action? No, you didn't do it. Oh, oh no. Hooded men. Raven's thugs. Wait, what is happening? Diamond cutter. One's up on the top. Yeah, gets crashed. Oh, diamond cutter from the middle rope. I don't know. If DDP's hitting all these diamond cutters so nonchalant, I think he's going to be able to work just fine. Yeah, it sure seems it. Um, I think... So we really didn't learn anything from that. He was just no. saying, "Oh, you didn't, you didn't make me, and like I was world champion, and you weren't." So, like Raven's jealous, right? Now we get a video package promoting the TV match that we just, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're back from commercial. Let's keep that in mind. Right. So, right. Um, Raven knows exactly why I'm here, and so Raven does apparently, but no one else does because DDP mentions Kimberly Page. Uh, Raven mentions Eric Watts. Yeah, I don't know what the what the fuck. Um, yeah, really weird. Well, we're hyping up Turning Point Omar Bob, and, uh, apparently, if you've noticed, they haven't really been pushing live ticket sales for Turning Point like they were for Victory Road. And that's because, apparently, they're shipping their audience in. Uh, the live audience will mostly be troops from MacDill Air Force Base in Tampa. Uh, and Dave notes that he's heard that they're expecting 500 servicemen which would leave maybe 200 seats for the fans. And they've already told regulars at the building about the pay-per-view being there, so they figure that might be enough to pack the place. And on that note, here comes Kakash. Kid. Kakash. Damn, Tyro. If it wasn't for Jimmy Snuka, Kid Cash wouldn't have a job in the wrestling business. I don't know about that. He's got a coconut and he just held it up to a kid. <laughs> Is that going to be his new, like, weapon? I guess. Here comes Hector Garza. He's not about to beat Hector Garza with the coconut shot, is he? He 1,000% is. Uh, if you guys are following along, we're at 27 minutes and 39 seconds. And I still have a lot of fun notes for you, um, including the February pay-per-view name, rumor February pay-per-view name. Um, I also have a really gross fact for you that I'm going to hold on to for a little bit here that you're probably going to want to vomit with. Am I really going to want to vomit? I wanted to when I read it. It's not good scene. 
We got a lock up here. We got the scroll at the bottom talking about our matches for Turning Point. Guys, we're covering Turning Point in just two weeks. Freaking nuts. Shane Douglas still trying to talk to Kings Wrestling. It's very seeing. persistent. He's, uh, oh, he's banging on it. Looking at his watch. Open the fuck up, bro. Yeah, it's funny. Doesn't Shane Douglas, like, hate them? Because of the whole, like, WWF stuff? Probably. So it's very realistic that he might want to punch them just like AJ's out. But... I can't believe that Shane Douglas is still just like an interviewer. I think it's weird that he went from wrestler. He went from tormenting Raven to a few with Michael Shane to now being an interviewer, like just talking to Raven, no big deal. Yeah. Oh, I was going to mention. Yeah, that was nice. Um, I was going to mention the Raven, like Druid guys only bug me because remember with Abyss, there's like a masked guy, a hooded guy. Right. And it's like the same outfit. I don't, so I don't really like dig that. Well, I mean, I feel like TNA has a tendency of repeating the same storyline within the show. Especially later, like later years. Slams Hector Jarza down. On the springboard moonsault, but he missed the double springboard. Sensational. Cars are going to the top rope. Who's coming out? Michael Shane and Kazarian. Yeah. Garza drops cash over the top turnbuckle face first. Slams cash to the net. Tracy grabbing Mike Posey. Hector Garza's, he's watching his back. Oh, cash slips out, pushes him. Oh, he takes down both Kazarian and Michael Shane from the apron. Cash going for a... Oh, oh, shit. It's supposed to be a roll through. Hector Garza is supposed to flip up. Yeah, but I I think that kind of still looked okay. It, it looked chaotic enough that it still yeah. works. Okay, so they're beaten down. So apparently Kid Cash is aligned with Kazarian and Michael Shane. Yeah. He was like, I want to hit him with this coconut, so pick him up, please. Wait, someone's running out. Shark Boy, yeah. D-Ray, and Sanjay, and Amazing Red for the save. The TNA locker room stepping up again. I don't know, dude. Dusty hates sex division. Look, they just keep running out. I mean, yeah. Did all those guys get paid for just that appearance now on that yeah. show? Yeah. Oh. We're seeing another turning point thing. And Bob, good news. Um, our friend who made this, our friend, <laughs> the guy who made this, uh, David Zahadi, well, he's going to actually be staying through December 17th now. And at this point, uh, he's planning on returning at the end of January. Uh, he's got a oh. book coming out, and he wants to promote it. However, Sahadi is loyal to Jeff Jarrett as a friend, so if Jarrett doesn't have power, that would put his return in question. We're seeing absolutely beautiful match graphics here. Oh, look at this. Look at Randy Savage on the match graphic, dude. Look at that. Is that not the weirdest shit you've ever seen in your entire life? No, it's fucking weird. This looks like one of those match graphics like someone would make 
on like Twitter and like share with you. And then you'd be like, ah, yeah, it got me. Yeah, it sounds like not happening on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Well, there's another fucking package. So, Bob, another note, because why not? The name proposed for the February pay-per-view is Against All Odds. Oh, boy. Which is actually really funny, because we never got the rumored name for the January pay-per-view. Oh, so they <laughs> skipped a month? Yeah, isn't that weird? That's funny. Let's see, do we got anything else for you during this? I'm right, I think I only got, like... I think I only got my one other thing left, and I'm kind of waiting for the person to show up on screen. Yeah, I only have one more note, Bob. And it's my gross fact. Oh, look at Conan saying that Kings of Wrestling separated his shoulder. Who's taking his place? I don't I think he's teasing who would take his place. Wouldn't it just be Ron? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Team Canada. I don't know. Uh, Bobby Roode's coming out now. Okay. He's just saying, oh, you know why? Because technically it's BG. Yeah, technically it's BG and Conan. They're not doing the Freebird role. So I think they are saying that Ron Killings is just going to be in a spot. That's what I would assume, yeah. And here comes the truth right now. Hammernoid trading right hands is uh, rude. We just heard from K-Dub. Hezes are takeover by Ron. That's the unity. That's the togetherness that the Three Life crew has been giving to us, Bob. Nice spine buster by Bobby Roode. We call him the power man of Team Canada. Uh, did, Bob, have you noticed that poor Ruffy Silverstein did not last in Team Canada? Uh, I did notice that. He likes they like did it for like a show or two. Yeah. And then we're uh, like, have, have you noticed that. that I failed to do indie notes for any of the matches so far? You know, that's really funny because I was going to mention it in the first match and then I just forgot. Yeah. Well, it's not a whole lot that I'm missing. And maybe I should just start doing indie notes before I watch the show, but whatever. Uh, Petey Williams, who we saw in that three way, he teamed up with Delirious on November 19th, losing to Matt Seidel and Nate Webb for IW Mid South. In Bloomington, Indiana. And then the next night, uh, PD teamed with Alex Shelley, losing to Brad Bradley and Ryan Boz for IWA Mid-South in Highland, Indiana. And then on November 21st, PD Williams teamed up with Bobby Roode mm. to defeat Conrad Kennedy III and Ruffy Silverstein. No way. For BCW in Ontario, Canada. Chris Saban, who we uh, just saw... On November 20th, he defeated Joy Matthews for 3PW for the gold. Ron Killings, who is uh, competing right now against uh, Bobby Roode. On November 20th, he teamed up with Conan to defeat Lightning and Thunder for Mm -hmm. IWA Puerto Rico Hardcore Weekend 2004. 
obviously in Puerto Rico. And I think Lightning and Thunder are the WCW tag team of Lightning and Thunder. Wow. I also could be wrong about that. But yeah, that's anything else uh, thus far that I missed. Bob, catching up for us. And look at that axe kick on Bobby Roode. Beautiful. Coach DeMore is calling someone now. He's distracting Rudy Charles, friend of the show. That's right. Oh, man, Eric Young hammering away on Ron Killings. Referee should be fired. Oh, who tripped him? It's BG James. Because he's, he's, he's a thug. Right? He's a thug. Is he's it the thug. do-rag? The do-rag gave it away. He's a thug, and he needs to get his heat. That's how you become a thug. You put a do-rag on, apparently. That's right. Ron Killings drop-kicked Root into Demore, And he's going to do the pedigree with a split. One, two, three. That's it. Beware, three live crew. Beware. Nobody knows you better call somebody. Beware. Coming for you. It's the remix, the three live crew. Wait, BG James got a microphone. He's getting that mic time. What if they, what if they just edited it out? Know, it would be pretty funny. It was just a small dose of your own socialized medicine. Oh, is he saying because they don't have they have good health care and we don't? Is that what he's saying? Uh, he might be. Oh, MGM won't let me talk like that. The crosshairs are going to be on the Kings of Wrestling. Paul, Nash, and Jarrett. So it seems like we potentially are going to be pivoting to a three-live crew Kings of Wrestling story. Are we really going to get that match? No way. I can talk and I can sing, but I'd rather do the dang thing. At Turning Point... They're going to well, promise they're that they're walking camp. out. Right. They're promising they're going to uh, walk out with the titles. Not one, not two, but the three live crew. T-shirt guy, I believe that T-shirt guy has two T-shirts. Well, he's really the towel awesome. guy. He's got like a black one and a red one. And he, one of they're both off. He's just got like a like a tank top on. Yeah. I thought it was him. No, I'm sure it was. Another turning point thing here. Uh, we are about to be ready 39 minutes into this show here. I believe we have just the main event left. And if you're Bob, we have 12 minutes, 20 seconds left of the show. That's right. That's how I watch my shows now. Like every way, reviewing it, anything. That's how I do it. I don't like that the losing team can't team up again because I like both teams. That's what I'm saying. What is why is it got to be that they split up? I don't understand. They like to make us sad, and then this insane bullshit the most insane shit I've ever seen in my entire life AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, and Macho Man versus Kevin if, Nash, Scott Hall, and Jeff Jarrett. If you would have asked me in June 2002 if that match would have ever happened in TNA, I would have called you a liar. No fucking way, no fucking way. <clears throat> I would have been like, Jeff Hardy ain't never showing up. And then you say Macho Man, Scott Hall, and Kevin. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, right. 
Uh, we're getting this is the original Turning Point like announcement video where they all like talk. Yeah. The Turning Point is here. I lived the dream. I dared to dream. Destiny awaits. TNA Wrestling. Live December 5th on pay-per-view. What's this? The Young Guns. The Young Lions. Oh, they're showing earlier today. <laughs> the Young Guns standing up to the Kings of Wrestling. To get watch, you're going to see some like private parts. Look at Whoa! Hey, <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. Is he wearing his regular outsiders gear? Let's yes, see. Yes, the red. There he is. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. This is the only gear he's worn in TNA. I don't think he's worn the white, right? No. It's the red drippy gear, in case you're not watching. He doesn't look to be in like horrible shape. He doesn't look what? He doesn't look to be in horrible shape. No, I don't really think so. He's not, he's, I think, I would say he's slightly bigger than he was when we've seen him last. But I don't think bad, really, by any means. Well, I mean, his, face is, his face is significantly different. I think he's much, he's more bloated in the face, whatever. But in terms of body, it's not, it's not that bad. Aging in a full on pyro here. Pyro and like smoke and shit, dude. AJ Styles has one of the best TNA theme songs of all time. Yeah. Him and Jarrett, and well, spoiler. Uh, Sting has one of my absolute favorites. How is it really different than like some WCW version? No, the, I know it's way different. The one that he eventually uses, no, the one that we saw already. Yeah. The one he eventually uses is very different. Okay, guys, uh, the bell has rung. We're apparently already like 13 seconds into this, even though it literally just rung. And Scott Hall and AJ Styles. Scott Hall is like, I'm going to break you. I'm going to throw you out of the ring and you're going to die. Okay, well, um, I don't know if we're, I guess if we're going to see him. I'm assuming we will, Bob, but um, I'm going to I'm going to make take quiz you right now. Okay. It is noted here. Uh, Alvarez points out uh, his friend Keith said this of the 884 days that TNA has been in existence as of the writing of this particular article. How many days has Jeff Jarrett held the NWA World Heavyweight title? Okay, it's how many days? 800 what? 884 as of this got published on November 29th. Okay, so Jarrett didn't win it until November of 2002. And he held that until June 3. So that would be 3, Right, November, December, January, March, June. So that's like two hundred. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say he's held it for seven hundred and fifty days. 
Okay, a little high, but he held it for 555 out of 884 days. That's insane. Isn't that gross? <laughs> Good for him, though. You know what? Good for yeah. him. He believes in himself. Right. Uh, we're in a commercial now. Well, we're back from the commercial, but we have a highlight package. But yeah. Styles and uh, Hall were just trading some chops in the corner. Yeah, let me do uh, AJ's uh, indie notes real quick here. Um, so back on November 13th, AJ Styles won a 30-minute Ironman match against James Tighe for FWA uh, British Uprising 3. And uh, obviously that was in England. He won that two falls to one. And then on November 20th, 3PW heavyweight champion Christopher Daniels defeated AJ Styles at 3PW's For the Gold at the ECW Arena. Oh. And we're back. Six minutes, five seconds left in the match. Six minutes and 18 seconds left in the show. Oh, wow. Are we really not going to see Jarrett the rest of this night? Like, is that potentially a real reality? Maybe not. Oh. 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 So this supposed to be a pop-up powerbomb, but Styles looked like he... I don't know. That just didn't look good. <laughs> it looked like he landed bad. Uh, Kevin Ash coming out. Oh, is that right? Is that man? There he is. Even today goes, not sure if that's on camera yet, but. Misses a clothesline. AJ comes off the ropes. So, oh, caught. Fall away slam. He should have came out in the towel. Come out in the towel that he Dude, was in the locker room. I would have died. That's something that that's actually... one of my new favorite. That's one of my new favorite Kevin Nash moments. Scott Hall falling back into the room and Kevin Nash is sitting in a towel and tanning sunglasses on the couch. Oh, they have a devastating abdominal stretch. Scott Hall uh, learned that from IRS back in their January of 94 feud. Oh, well, teamwork. He's helping him with the abdominal stretch. Andrew Thomas was like, what's going on? Kevin Nash just strained out the turnbuckle pads. What the fuck? (laughs) It's like, okay, ring's looking tight. He's rubbing his eyes. Andrew Thomas keeps checking as it gets wrenched really hard. Look, they're doing it a third time. Oh, he caught oh, no, it that time. Saw that thing. Kicks it away. Hip tossed by AJ. But he misses an elbow. AJ missed the elbow there. Oh, Scott Howell's gone. He's just casually slapping AJ. Oh, AJ with the Instagram. Come on, AJ. There's no you way. You can't do the job to Scott Hall. But then again, can Scott Hall do the job to AJ going into the paper? I don't know. Spin kick, though, by AJ. Comes it off puts us in a weird place. Who knows? <laughs> Clothesline knocks down Scott Hall. He more or less plopped over, but we knocked him down. 
Said, oops. There's Kevin Nash. The referee oh. did not see that. Scott with a choke slam. No way. One. Cute. I was going to say, he never wins with that. I was going to say, yeah, there's no way. Why does Kevin Nash have a chair all of a sudden? He's trying to sit around at ringside. Duh. Uh, I, for one, love gray hair Kevin Nash. I don't care what anyone says. No, he looks great. Uh oh, AJ. People who think he doesn't look like he cares. He looks 50. He is. (laughs) We're close to it at this point. I don't don't quite know, but. 2004? Kevin Nash? He's probably what? I'm going to look. I'm going to look. He's probably. He might be late. Well, late 30s, maybe? Or 45? Oh, shit. Jeff Hardy just hit a dropkick. Oh, but AJ can't get the three. Andrew Thomas telling Jeff Hardy to get out of the ring. Oh. He's 45 on this show. It's not 50 yet. That's right. Springboard forearm by AJ. Oh, Kevin Nash has got a chair. Oh, there's Jeff Jarrett with a guitar. And kaboom. Great. There you go. Major Thomas. Scott Hall with the cover in the wind. I'm legit surprised that Scott Hall competed on the TV before the pay-per-view. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. Look at the strings holding the guitar down. He just throws it. I can see how people... Oh! Uh, Macho again, take off another date. Yeah. We're just... now, now we're down to four. Wait, who's behind Wait, him? Who's that with him? Oh, it's three life crew. Oh, it's like everyone. The Jeez, X Division guys. BG and Ron It's Killers. literally everybody on the taping. This is wild. <laughs> TNA standing up to the kings of wrestling. Yeah, this is just funny. Okay, so Bob. Hall are in their mid- oh, wait. Days. Beginning of the end or the end of the beginning of the Kings of Wrestling at Turning Point. Macho Man Randy Savage and the TNA crew says you guys are in a danger zone. Oh yeah. And then that's it. That's all I had to say. And we're going off the air. See, this, this storyline is just funny because, like I was saying, Hall and Nash are in their mid-40s, and in a locker room of guys in their early 20s all need to band together to get rid of these guys. It doesn't have the same feel as WCW, where it was Hogan, Hall, and Nash, and they're all just overwhelming. The idea of Jarrett, Hall, and Nash, eight years after that, dominating a program and then the main guy fighting it is randy savage (laughs) 
Okay. Well, when you trying put it to like say, that. He's trying to save DNA. It's like, dude, you just got here. What are you talking about? Um, that's really funny. Um, oh. I didn't think about it like that, but I, I'm a fan. This is weird. Um, okay, Bob. So what do you think of the first Dusty Rhodes booked episode of Impact? Um, I don't, I didn't hate it. Uh, I'm not surprised by like Scott Hall going over. Um, AJ. No, no, I mean, I think that was, I give the bad guys the advantage going into the show. Yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering if we, if we really won't get a feel for this until after the pay-per-view because he's inheriting the booking before the pay-per-view. So that'll be, no, I think that's a really fair point. Yeah, so we might have to get through um, Turning Point before we really see the the depths of uh, Dusty's booking here. Um, but no, I mean, I thought that was that was it was a fi- I thought it was a fine show. I, I I liked the opening segment where AJ decks Gall because that gives you your your show long story, right? To justify the main event, so it wasn't just a cold match. Yeah, I liked it too. I thought it was a it was a fine show. Um, I not only did Randy Savage appear once on Impact Bob, but now he's appeared twice. Yes, he did. Uh, which is pretty crazy. We are in uh, we're living Bob's wet dream fantasy now because his favorite wrestler is appearing on my favorite show. No, this is living hell. Oh. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to say about that. I guess. Yeah, that's all right. At least Macho Man's here. Macho Man's here, baby. I mean, you can't deny that. Um, yeah, well, dude, one more show until the next three-hour pay-per-view. We are flying. I can't believe this, Bob. Every, like, four shows we're going to be covering, like, a, an insane pay-per-view. I know. That's absurd. But I'm, uh, I'm living for it. Me too, man. Pretty good. Uh, next week, though, December 3rd, it has been announced for the NWA World Championship. That's right. We do know something going into it, dude. Jeff Jarrett will be defending against Monty Brown. And if I am remembering correctly, this is the first ever NWA World title match on an episode of Impact. I think that's right. I can't recall another one. I don't think Jeff Jarrett, like, you know, wrestling enhancement guys is a title match for the world title. So no, I, I don't. That, I think that equates to the first time ever it's happened. I think so too. I was going to try to do a quick a quick look here, but I uh, I'm pretty sure. Let's see here. Impact, impact, impact. Oh, that was pay per view. Well, because when they were doing them, oh yeah, dude, this is the first time. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Because the last time, I mean, before the Hardy match that we just saw, the last time he defended the title was on the against Hardy at the final weekly pay per view, September eighth, two thousand four. The date with fate. The date with fate, and he has he defended it against Hardy. So if you want to be old school, he kind of went over his like thirty day thing. Yeah, you know, you're supposed to defend it a couple times, Um, but yeah, he uh, 
this is a pretty big match. I'm kind of disappointed. It's kind of feeling like a throwaway, but you know, or uh, Monty Brown has deserved this match. It's unfortunate that it's kind of happening at this time, but you know what? You never know what'll happen. Maybe Abyss and Monty Brown in the Serengeti Survival match will be for the heavyweight title. Well, I was just gonna say, could you? Could this possibly be a, a spot where Monty Brown could win the title? Because, like we said, there's no title match at the pay per view. You know what would be pretty freaking uh, cool is not to throw away another appearance, but if Randy Savage costs Jeff Jarrett the title, that would be interesting. Talk about some intrigue to add to that six man match. Right. But I feel yeah. like Jarrett has the type of ego that he feels like it's better value if the world champion's in the six man. Yeah, which I disagree with, but whatever. Yeah. Well, it's, it's Jared's ego, so. That's okay. I still like him. He's all right. Slap nuts, Jeff Jarrett's the best Jeff Jarrett. Hi, King of the Mountain. Anyway. Okay, I'm biased, nuts. though. I'm biased. What can I say? Slap nuts. Chosen one. That's the best one. Whatever. Teach their own. Yeah, no, I think I'm right. Uh, you so, always do. So, yeah, hey, anyway. everybody listening. Jesus who Christ. is right? Is it King of the Mountain, Jeff Jarrett, or is it Chosen One, Jeff Jarrett? Which one's the best? If you're listening to a TNA podcast and you say Chosen One, you're wrong. No, you're. No, they'd be right. He's got better. Yes. He does better matches. It's more interesting. Yeah, yeah. His matches are so much better than TNA. Let me brawl through the crowd. <laughs> okay, we're about to get heated here, Bob. You need to send us home. This is about to get real heated, and I'm not in the mood. We have one more episode uh, before Turning Point. Another epic show that is in my three disc box set. I am just ready. I'm gonna watch it after this. No, you're not. Um, okay, all I right. won't do that. Next week, it's Jarrett and Monty Brown for the world title. It's a match that we've been pretty much craving since uh, probably late July or August. For real. And we're, and we're going to get it on December 3rd. So until next week, for Dallas Grizzly, I am Bob Ryan Jr., and this has been the TNA Cross Line Podcast.